0: Hey, welcome to the Church Explain Podcast—a conversation to grow your leadership and build your church. I'm so pleased today we've got an amazing guest a whole way from Orlando in Florida, or Florida Orlando, whatever way around it is. And uh, Peter Busan, how does that sound? Peter Busan, does that sound alright? You
1: know I got to say, you gave it a good go, and it sounds good, Dave. (laughs) I gave it a good go.
0: Hey, Peter, great to have you with us on the show today.
1: Man, it's a pleasure, Dave. Honestly, uh, just to hear what you and the team and, and just as a church, what you guys are doing, it's incredible. So truly an honor to be on here. Thank you for having me.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Hey, let me just share with our guests and our listeners a little bit about you, and then we'll dig in a bit deeper just to find out a bit more about your details and background. But you sent through a little short bio, which is brilliant, because sometimes when people send these through, when we say short, actually they're (sighs) not not so short, but you're just pretty good today. (laughs) So we found out actually you are married to Jess, and you've been married for almost seven years. You've got an eight-month-old year son called Emerson, and uh, fantastic. And uh, you've described you're in that little phase where lots of snuggles, but lack of sleep. But you're looking okay today. So, today. well done.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true.
0: It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Uh, so, you're involved, uh, you're part of the Elevation Church and uh, part of launching the location in Orlando, the 20th uh, Elevation lo- location, which is pretty amazing, actually. So, uh, yeah, great to see what God's doing there. You said God's really at work. He's planted it um, sort of in 2020. God's been working. And uh, we want to find out a bit more about all the stuff that's happening there in Orlando, besides the amazing weather uh, for those who are in more darker climates. <laughs> so. Hey, Peter, great to have you with us on the show.
1: Uh, it really is, Dave. Honestly, I'm excited. Uh... Excited to hear. I mean, I, I, I think what you're doing with this podcast and giving the not just leaders a chance to grow, but also leaders a chance to grow in uh, the churches are involved. You know, if, if God's given us a local church and, and the goal is that uh, we steward it well and healthy churches grow. And so you uh-huh. want it to be healthy. You want to be healthy yeah. as a leader. And the fact that you create a resource in a space like this for people um, just shows how much you care about the local church. So yeah, honored really- to be here
0: brilliant yeah so listen we want to take a bit of a dive in find out a little bit about you so i wonder if you'd be willing just to share a little bit about your faith story and your ministry journey and then we'll break that down and find out a little bit more about your family and and what you do for fun so why don't we kick off with that tell us a little bit about your faith story and uh, your ministry journey so far
1: um, you know, I grew up in a in a church uh, my whole life. You know, my family uh, you know prioritized church to to be in the house of God every single Sunday. I'm talking fever or no fever, you showing up to church, and yeah. why wouldn't you show up with the fever to church? You might get a healing. You know, it's just yeah. it was one of those like, yeah. hey, there, like there's every reason you should go. You know, yeah, yeah. two feet of snow? Hey, I know everyone else is canceling church, but we're going to church. And uh, that was just the way I grew up. So, you know, faith was important to us and my mom and dad and had an older and a younger brother. And so growing up into the church uh, was, was absolutely something familiar to me. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, it's, it's one thing to come to church and, and attend every single week. It's another thing to actually have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so I want to say as I grew up as a kid into my early teenage and adult life, I, I, I believed there was a God. But I just said, you know what? I'm young. I want to live life. And, uh, and so I did. I was young and I lived life and I went to church on a Sunday. Here and uh, and so um, I grew up, I uh, loved sports and athletics. So I played soccer my whole life and my goal was to become a soccer player, a professional oh, soccer wow. player. And uh, so I ended up, you know, uh, uh, going to college. And uh, and so, like I said, I, I grew up in the church. And so to kind of give you the background, my faith stories uh, every Sunday, but then when I went to college, I got a scholarship to playing, uh, on this team. And I said, you know what? Freedom now, now I'm not, I don't have to go to church. I don't live with my parents anymore. I can do whatever I want. And for the first year I did whatever I wanted. And, uh, what was so interesting is that you on the outside would assume, Hey, you got a scholarship to play soccer. You're living now by yourself. You know, you're, you've got friends, you've got influence on the campus, the college campus, um, at the university I was at, why why wouldn't you be enjoying your life but something after that year, doing whatever I wanted to do, I felt empty. And I felt like mm. God started to stir up something in my heart and uh, just remind me that what my parents had and what I grew up with was real. And it was mm. tangible. And so I found myself starting to... Um, kind of feel that loneliness, that, that level of like just unsettled, like something you, you, at that time, I probably wouldn't have articulated it like this, but something internally in your soul was longing for something real because it yeah. saw it once on the outside and now it was ready to receive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had a friend at that time who just gave his life to Jesus. who was a phenomenal soccer player and he was a few years older than me. And he said, you know, I just gave my life to Christ. And of course I kind of gave the, Hey, I'll go to church, but they could see that on a Sunday I wasn't. And he was like, well, you know what? I just gave my life to Jesus this past summer and uh, I want to go to church. You want to come with me? And that began a journey of God calling me not only home, um, but a few months after coming to church, I gave my life to Jesus. It was one of those radical transformations. I don't know about you, but like sometimes whenever you experience God, uh, uh, A.W. Tozer kind of calls it like He's a radical transformation, and then he calls it like over time transformation. And for me, mm. it was as if like something flipped the next day. I was okay. deleting numbers in my phone number that I didn't need to have. I was I was like thinking about what I should and shouldn't say. You know, like it just felt like, wow, something just shifted. I could sense something mm. shifted. And uh, I remember I mean, that night, the day I gave my life to Jesus, for some reason, my mom was in town in college. And she said, hey. Um, something's different about you. And of course, that night I was able to share with her, hey, today, actually in the morning, I, I made a, a personal decision to follow Jesus and it felt like just something internally shifted. And so um, and so from that point on, I just f- found myself desiring not only to be in the house of God, uh, but also yeah. uh, uh, to be a part of the local church and to serve it. And so kind of the rest of that is history. And, uh, mm. um, and, you know, it, and what... it's been amazing to see all that God has done.
0: Yeah, yeah, i brilliant. And where were you living at that point? Were you in Florida or somewhere else?
1: So I so I was living so you know, kind of, maybe I'll just dive in kind of the family and origin yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So so I was born in Ukraine. Wow. And, um, and uh, born in Ukraine and moved here when I was a little kid. I was a few years old. I had an older brother, younger brother, we moved to Seattle and lived there for, um, Uh, About 10 years almost and then we moved to North Carolina. So it was like west coast of the US All the way to the other coast as uh, as people in the US would say the best coast is the East Coast and Mm so um, And so we moved to the East Coast to North Carolina Asheville's a little uh, mountain town Um, and um, And so that's where I was at currently before I went off to colleges That's where I grew up. I actually grew up in a Ukrainian church. So up until Uh. about I went to college I grew up in a Ukrainian church uh, yeah. They spoke uh, uh, Russian, Ukrainian, a Slavic people. That was the church, a Church of Slavic Church, and and uh, and so when I went off to college, I went to Tennessee, actually, to Tennessee University out gotcha. there, and uh, and that's where I graduated from.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll find out a little bit more about your family in a moment. So obviously, you play soccer. And uh, you were hoping to do that as well as part of your career. We'll not dig into right. that too much, but um, uh, hey, if Nathan hadn't been on with us, Nathan normally on the show with me, and he's really into football, as we call. I was him. wondering
1: where Nathan was. I was like, well,
0: Where's Nathan? yeah, yeah. Well, he had a few things on, um, so he does send his apologies. I get it because really he was the person to talk to you about the football stuff, the soccer Like it's just, <laughs> just like that for me, do you know what I mean so uh, yeah I, I, I just have to send the apologies there you can DM him personally and find out about all things football because he loves it, you know, he's still playing and yeah. all that sort of stuff uh, but find find out about him so so obviously you, you probably do some sports w- what else do you do for fun, come on our, our listeners love to find out about the guests they're on and uh, what they do for fun
1: you know what, I, I, I still love to play, so I still yeah. like to play, I don't play enough. Yeah. You know when you when you become when you get married and you have kids and, yeah. and and then you you lead lead a church you just, there's not a lot of time for it and I got an eight month old as our first kid so my hobbies right now are changing diapers and hanging out with Emerson but when I don't <laughs> yeah. do that or before he showed up I'd play a little golf I love some golf
0: okay yeah. yeah, yeah, uh yeah. I
1: love I love playing some some uh, football soccer as we would yeah, say yeah. here in the U S and the yeah. rest of the world you know has it right for some reason in the U S we say soccer you know what don't ask me. Today? We don't, we don't <laughs> need to spend time on this podcast asking those questions right now. <laughs> that's but I also love, honestly, yeah, yeah, that's another of. one. Also, <laughs> I, I just generally love to go with my wife to, on, a, on a day off just to go to a couple of coffee shops, you know, and yeah. get some coffee. I love coffee. Yeah. Her and I love to explore new places with some coffee shops. So yeah. those are the few things. Love to go to the gym when I, whenever I feel motivated enough to go. I actually do oh, love nice. going. I just don't go as nearly enough. I'll be honest. Not in the best, best rhythm right now. This eight-month-old has changed things in my life. Listen,
0: there's seasons for everything, and you never know. By the end of this podcast, we could make it into a new rhythm. Who knows what can happen? Even That's on the podcast. That's any, it. That's any, it. Anything could take place. But listen, you got. You're, comp- ba-
1: you're about to make me do some jumping jacks. Is that what you're saying?
0: Jump, jump jack, press ups, and uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe a headstand. You never know. <laughs> but, but you're having fun with the new the 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 newborn, your son Emerson. Great, what a great name that is as well and uh changing diapers as you call them in america we call them nappies. so like you know that yeah every everything
1: you know it's so, funny dave go I, ahead tell I, me I, I i know that because i had a roommate for yeah. about three years of my time he was yeah. from um lester oh. lester england yeah and of course well. Good man. Hopewell.
0: Well, we don't know him, but I'm sure somebody does. (laughs) Shout out to (laughs) Dean wherever he is today. Hey, let's dig in a little bit about your family because obviously you've mentioned uh, born in Ukraine, coming across. And uh, I, I know when we were chatting offline, just thinking about the podcast and preparing, you were sharing a little bit about your story and your parents and grandparents. Hey, I wonder if you could share a little bit about that, just that journey from where they were to where you ended up?
1: Uh, Absolutely. Um, So my family uh, in the mid 90s moved from Ukraine uh, to Seattle, Washington, as I mentioned earlier, and they moved on a religious refugee visa. So my my parents, my mom and dad, my great grandparents were all persecuted for their faith. And so think, you know, uh, this is before the communist regime fell apart in USSR and all the Eastern European countries bordering. Russia uh, today were all co- part of this communist regime and demobilized and forced uh, to be part of this um, regime. And, and so I remember uh, my parents, my whole life, really sharing a lot of the stories. Mm. Uh, but specifically, the, the reason we moved was because my, even my great-grandfather, uh, who was a preacher, spent 10 years in prison for preaching the gospel. wow And um, you know my, my parents uh, could not make anything above a D in school because they were Christians. Um, you know, and, and even later on when, when some towns and municipalities started to kind of you know, always try to make money or a buck or two here off of Christians, some would allow my mom wouldn't. She had to go to church somewhere in the woods and somewhere mm-hmm. hiding out because the KGB agents would be looking for uh, looking for people, anyone who was practicing their faith openly. A lot of this was to oppress and, and avoid any type of revolt and the fear of that and so it was very fear driven. And, uh, but my dad, who grew up more closer to Poland, uh, mm. he, he started towards the later on, you know, kind of as he's later of his teen years into his adult years, um, they, uh, my, my dad's father actually was the one that would be like working between the municipality and the church that they tried to have. So they had a little bit more of a formal gathering, but they had to pay a temple tax basically oh. for every person that went to church. Uh, for every member, they had to pay a tax in order for the municipality or the government not to shut the church down. Uh, so basically, that was his experience. Now, it wasn't always like that. His similar sure. experience to my mom uh, growing up, there wasn't a place to gather at all. You would have to hide. But my mom lived kind of towards the capital, so Kiev. Yeah. But my dad lived more so out in the countryside before they met each other, of course. And so I say this to say they, they experienced persecution their whole life up uh, up, th- up until about 88 to 91. Mm. So I was born in 91, my, my older brother was born in 88 when the communist regime fell apart. And so, you know, this experience that my parents had um, really shaped the rest of my life, mm. if I'm honest. And so, because you gotta think about the, the reason they transitioned or the reason they wanted to move wasn't because they hated their country, they hated their nationality hated where they were from, it was just simply, hey, we want a better opportunity for our kids. We Got want you. our kids to grow up in a, in, a, in, a, in a country where they experience freedom to practice their religion, their faith, ultimately it was their faith. And so yeah. my parents yeah. um, not only wanted to see that for us, but of course wanted a better opportunity. Sure. And uh, so, you know, I, I think about it, we moved, like I said, in the mid nineties to Seattle uh, with okay. my parents moved with just a couple suitcases, didn't know the language. And ultimately, what that kind of followed was uh, my mom and dad had a few uncles that moved and my mom's mom and dad moved. My whole dad's side is still in the Ukraine, even today. Still today. Still today. So Mm. um, it's just my mom's side that ended up moving. My dad's side kind of felt like they didn't want to stay home where they were kind of on the countryside on the west side of Ukraine. So, um, you know, I share this kind of background because it really shaped my life in my faith, and I believe where I stand today. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'll t- chat a little bit more about that, but you know, I think, I, th- I look back at that and, and think, I, I still sometimes have to remind myself um, you know, that I'm standing on, my, on, on generation, uh, really generations of faith that really yeah. fought, um, and, and their faith was tested. Mm. And so anything that I feel like I'm stepping into, I'm stepping into it because there's people that have gone before me, my family have gone before me that have had to slay some giants. Yeah, in order yeah. for us to experience the, the grace that I've experienced in my life and the freedom that I've experienced in my life. And honestly, a lot of the wisdom and knowledge or biblical foundation that I'm, I'm standing on values that I think are just unshakable. And I'm like, how do I, why do I make, so-? I'm not saying I'm getting it right. I'm making plenty of mistakes in my life and still do today.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, but the reality is there's something that my heart was going back to even when I was in college. Mm. That I just heard just these incredible miracles that you're like, this is not real. Mm-hmm. These can't be real stories. I've heard about them, but this is my family. You know, so that was just that kind of faith.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- thanks for sharing some of those details. I mean, around the persecution and, uh, you know, a couple of times you've mentioned, you know, how this has shaped your life. I-, I wonder if we could just dig into that a little bit and tell us how has it shaped your life? And and also, what are, what are the qualities that you've seen in your parents, grandparents that you're thinking, hey, you know, I've got to take those into my life that's going to be part of my legacy going forward
1: you know what i think a big part of the the qualities um that helped shape me for my great grandparents my my grandparents and my parents Mm. um would be would be this unshakable faith just the belief that god can do something Mm. if if i if i i saw even to bring it to our context in the U S you know, not just this Ukraine and persecution yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and something that may be even more relatable to us is that even my parents who, who moved here with just a couple suitcases, um, had a lot of challenges, whether it be financial challenges, language, you know, barriers, uh, getting assimilated simulated into a community that doesn't necessarily know you very well and you don't know them very well. Yeah. And, um, I saw, I saw, uh, parents who would do anything to, to prioritize God in their life, uh, I, I would say for my, for my parents, most of the, at least from, ever since I can remember, I guess you would say, whether it was in Seattle, Washington, or in Asheville, North Carolina, or even still today, my parents will do anything to prioritize to get to the house of God. Amazing. There was something about saying Sunday morning was a priority to us. And a lot of the Sunday morning as a prayer to us came from Monday through Saturday. I, I, I don't remember a time that I wouldn't wake up. My dad would be the first one to wake up very early, um, 6 a.m. And, and quite honestly, if I would be real, it, it was, oh, it was, it was, I hated it because he would be up <laughs> so early and yeah. uh, he would be singing every hymn. He would just, it, I knew all the hymns that we'd be singing. They're all in Ukrainian. And he'd be wow. just walking around the house and you would think he's having the happiest day. Wow. But I also knew some circumstances we were going through as a family, and it didn't add up. Mm. We, my dad, was out of work during the recession of two thousand and six, seven, and eight in the U.S. Wow. Wow. and uh, and for a couple of years, just barely having any work. We were barely paying bills. I mean, we're almost out in the street, but mm-hmm. haven't paid the mortgage in months. And here is my dad walking around as if life's good, singing songs, and uh, and then I or I'd see him reading the Bible in the same place at the kitchen table, or I'd see my mom sitting at the same table. Um, reading the Bible individually, not not one or the other. They'd both be reading at the same time. Mm. Um, or hearing my mom pray when I'd get off the bus. Um, I'm talking uh, uh, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, uh, 50, about 50 yards from my house, maybe even more, 70 yards from my house, I could hear my mom praying as oh. I get off the bus. <clears throat> mm. She'd be praying by my older brother's name, me, my younger brother, especially me. She's like, this boy really needs prayer. <laughs> my younger brother. <laughs> And I'm walking in, and, 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 it, and it wasn't one of those things. I don't remember my parents ever feeling like, man, why, why are my parents praying? It, it, sometimes it was like, man, my mom's really praying. Like, is there not something else they could be doing? But then there's also something internally in me that had a lot of respect for my parents, for having a faith that was real. And uh, my parents would say they have made plenty of mistakes, whether it be how they parent us. And they apologized to me about those, some of those as we entered our college years. Thank you. But I say that to say a lot of the qualities that I learned is that my, my great-grandfather was willing to die to preach the gospel. Mm. He went to prison for 10 years. This isn't just like some story you read. It's my, 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 my heritage, my family. Just That's a few me. generations uh, ago where he was willing to die, had eight kids at home and a wife that he left mm. in a time where you couldn't have a job mm. in a time that it was very impossible for a female to work Wow. with eight kids. How are you going to feed him? Yeah, and the crazy yeah, yeah. story about that is whenever he he was bargaining not bargaining but kind of having this conversation with God, this is my great-grandfather his name was herasim and mm. he he was saying hey how could i keep preaching i'm worried that who's going to take care of my family and god told him hey if you take care of my church i'll take care of your family yeah. so he kept preaching the gospel so when he went to prison for 10 years there was someone that kept leaving milk and bread at his doorstep where his wife and kids were wow. every single morning Mm, my parents mm. or my parents would tell me that as they heard this story they said to this day they have no idea who were leaving every single every single morning when they'd wake up there was bread and milk for the kids and the wife amazing and so that kind of faith as i heard these stories mm. it, it just you're as a kid growing up thinking well god is real yeah my parents yeah. would not be making up these stories
0: mm.
1: and so i think it transferred something i can articulate on yeah. one end and then on the other i cannot articulate yeah. i could just experience
0: yeah I mean that's pretty amazing, and, and and I guess good to have that perspective in there because that's one of the things you're highlighting. Um, and I I wonder just you know do you think about that sort of experience, that background, um, having to deal with adversity, challenges. How is that nice shaping you as a leader? So you're you're in elevation church, Orlando, uh, slightly different. Challenges, I would imagine there in, in different ways. Right. But there's got to be stuff in you that says, hey, there's something about my leadership that actually, because of my background, that causes me to live this way. I wonder if we could dig into that a little bit.
1: <laughs> uh, Dave, I think about it all the time. I, I still sure. think about it t- today. I mean, this past Sunday, I was, I was getting up and, and getting the opportunity at the end to uh, facilitate and create a moment for people to accept Jesus for the first time. Wonderful. Um I said to myself, I how how am I doing this and, and how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think I think some of the things that I see myself doing, like communicating in front of people or um preaching or teaching or leading or pastoring, I never thought I would be doing it. I yeah. never wanted to do it. My yeah. mom and dad would tell me I would be a pastor and I just resisted it. And then here I am doing the very thing I resisted most of my life that I heard. Wow, and and so I think the thing that was, I guess whether you'd call it infused in me or Mm -hmm. passed Mm -hmm. down generationally, was as simply as I can put it is just this unshakable faith, this belief, this this ability that I don't even understand myself when I do it is just to communicate something that's in me internally. You know how Jeremiah says it's like a fire shut up in my bones. The moment I gave my life to Jesus. I'll tell you this, Dave, people don't believe me. I didn't like to communicate in front of people. I still yeah. technically don't like to communicate in front of people. <laughs> I, I, I don't have this like, oh, I want to get up in front of people and talk. And it makes me, yeah, th- again, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do it a lot of times. And I say this to say um, not like this false humility. I really just mm. never wanted to be in front of people. I didn't like doing presentations. I would stumble uh, with my words. I just, there were so many things about being in front of people that I would rather just be not called on. And maybe yeah. a lot of that stemmed from being a Ukrainian first, learning yeah. the language yeah. and then having yeah. to learn English in a school that was like, mm. well, you're just gonna be made fun of because you can't read properly mm. or talk properly, your grammar's off or whatever it be. So I tried to sit back most of my life in school. And when I gave my life to Jesus, it was as if everything in me unlocked. Wow! And I'm like, where'd this come from? I never knew it was inside of me. I, mm. I not only wanted to share the gospel and get in front of people and share about who Jesus is and what he did in my life, but when I was doing a presentation about law, because I was studying political science and pre-law in school, my teachers were like, hold on a second. Last semester, we couldn't get you to say anything, but all of a sudden now, you're... so my teacher would have a- asked me, and I said, well, crazy story. I gave my life to Jesus, and here's what happened. All of a sudden, I'm doing this. So now I'm sharing about my faith to the teachers, because the teachers see this, this 180 shift 180. in my life. Yeah. I think my parents did the hard work then and whether I knew this or not, something about what your parents, if I'm speaking to parents right now that you're doing is infusing into your child, the Bible, if you could see it, that Jesus and in the Old Testament, it showed that he's a generational God. He would put something in someone, and that generational will be passed down. It doesn't always have to be a pastor. It could be it could be a plumber. It could be um, a builder. It could be a communicator. Sorry, it could be a business leader. I don't know what it is, but God passes a dentist, a doctor. It passes down because God's using that occupation or that gift or talent yeah. to be able to do something. So, yes, in my family… A family of preachers and and ministry and church builders. It, it, whether I resisted or run from it, it was in me. So I can't take credit for it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> if anything, my parents invested this into me, and I didn't even want it. Yeah, yeah. So here I am, I'm just gonna do it now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I guess I would say just the the the, the desire to build God's church yeah. and the love for the local church, no matter yeah. the hardship that's in front of us. Yeah. And so I think that part of me, that grit, that desire to build God's church. Which is passed down and I'm just living in it
0: yeah and for you then obviously we've mentioned a few times you're now part of Elevation Church in Orlando in the sunny spot of the world um not that we're jealous or anything by any means (laughs) of the sunshine um but but just tell us a little bit about that story how did you how did you end up um in that role and I guess I want to find out what's been the highlights and what's been the challenges for you. You can't mention COVID, okay? That's sort of the, so you're going to leave that somewhere. (laughs) We all know. Because we're we're past that. But come on, let's think of your journey there, your role, because, I mean, you've described there, because of your family background, that sort of grit and determination within you, fantastic. Lesson for lots of parents just to hear that, that we, our lives shape those around us. I think that's a leadership gifting as well within us but let's dig in a little bit more tell us about your journey to elevation your role some of the highlights and some of the challenges
1: absolutely love that question um you know similar similar to what i've been saying you know i kind of mm. just woke up and here i am i'm like how did yeah. i get here <laughs> yeah. but if i do if i do go back and say how, yeah. how did i get here you know i, I did my undergrad in political science in Perla because yeah. i figured you know what if i'm pursuing this dream of becoming a soccer soccer player yeah. I, I, I also if I don't become that I need an education need of some sort else. while I'm here yeah. so uh, I, I finished my undergrad but in that process like I said I gave my life to Jesus and a lot of that started to reshape values mm. beliefs and desires
0: Brilliant.
1: and so I started to serve the local church and in, in my undergrad um, while I was at university um, and and about towards the end, I realized that I had a passion for the local church. Mm. I didn't know I wanted to be on staff or a pastor or anything like that. But as I was, I was studying, finishing up. I was a part of my Ukrainian church. Okay, so mm. i was still coming out, closer so at home, still yeah. there. And I realized, hey, there's there's everything's in Ukrainian. You know, I, I want to do something in English for people who are my age because I started to see the mass exodus, a mass yeah. exodus of, of of young people from the church. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do something. That was kind of the starting point for me of, of getting involved in ministry. And uh, as I was, I was doing that, I was graduating my undergrad, and I was like, you know what, I want to get equipped. I have a passion for ministry and the Bible, and, and but I, you know, I just want to get equipped. Not because I want to mm. be a pastor or, or, or on staff of some sorts. I just want to know what I'm doing and kind of solidify that with some biblical knowledge. And so I went to nice. Bible college for two years, and uh, there in Bible college met the love of my life, Jess, Ah. and uh we got married and uh before i left though for bible college this would have been 2013 i ended up coming to elevation church in charlotte north carolina my younger brothers who who brought me so we drove two hours from Asheville, east wow. to charlotte and uh the first day i i, I got there um i was met where was a first-time guest Turned our flashers on it was met at the front we parked told, told us where to park because we were first-time guests and the person that came out to meet me an uh, incredible lady i won't i won't uh, ever forget her? Um, uh, her name is Sharon, and she and she said, "Hey, welcome to Elevation Church. So glad you're here." And uh, she walked me in with my brother. We sat down and felt like God spoke to me through Pastor Stephen, just in a way that um, you just knew, like God was doing something significant in this place. Never did I think I'd be part of the church at that point yeah, in 2013. Yeah. Um, six months later, in 2014, I ended up going to college. Well, when I got married, Jess and I were like, Hey, we know we're going to be back home. We're going towards Asheville. My younger brother was actually starting what they called a watch party in Asheville. Uh People would be tuning in online in Asheville. There wasn't a physical location. I was like, you know what, Jess and I were like, we feel called to this church. Let's move there and help be a part of that. Well, when I did that, Uh, we were there for six months helping see god do incredible things in this small home from 40 people it grew to about 150 people Mm -hmm. and uh around that time uh, the church approached jess and i and said hey would you ever consider coming on staff i said no the first time because i just wasn't sure about vocational ministry and then another person which you know his name was uh sweb yeah yeah sweb Stephen webb
0: yeah he he came up
1: to me and he said hey listen and he said he put it this way he said, listen." Um, if you just keep playing around, we're just going to staff this campus and we're just going to move on. So if you like, God's calling you into ministry, you're going to have to make a faith decision. And so I said to myself, you know what? I probably should actually pray about this and do this. <laughs> Swab's version of this is that I was working at a law firm at that time. Right. Swab's story is that he got me fired. Okay. <laughs> the, the reality is they overstaffed and they had to lay people off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wasn't going to make a decision. So I, I, my version is I got laid off, which I ended up getting laid off because they overstaffed. Yeah. And that was my decision. I, yeah. I basically ended up going to Charlotte, North Carolina in uh, 2017 and uh, came on at Charlotte for six months. And they moved me to Melbourne, Florida wow. in 2017 to be a part of the campus there. And uh, and in about 2019, out of nowhere, they asked me, uh, Jess and I, my wife and I, uh, to, to, to come to Orlando to help launch Elevation Church uh in Orlando and I was like nope anyone but me there are yeah, 14 yeah, people yeah. right there that yeah. I think can do it and God's like uh oh, no Peter it's you and uh and so they said nope it's you and so we said you know what we'll pray about it, it took us about 2 days and uh in in all the fear and and all the I there's so many better people to do this
0: yeah uh,
1: but we ended up praying and saying hey if it's going to take a lot of faith to do that it's probably something we should do because we want to grow yeah, yeah and so my wife and I said yes and uh, so that's how we ended up getting here. Uh, we brilliant. ended up starting this location yeah. with 12 people in the living room. Yeah. And, and uh, in 2019 and in yeah, 2020 we launched. In yeah. 2020 we launched the church. In February of 2020. And, uh, and so kind of speaking to the highs and, and lows, you mm. know, there's plenty of them, Dave, plenty yeah, of
0: them. Yeah, be good. Hey, listen, it has been brilliant to have you on the show and uh, thanks for being with. Hey, if people want to connect with you or find out more about you, where can they find you?
1: I think the simplest way uh, and I'll give one place is my, my Instagram. I think yeah, you can go Instagram. in there, direct message me. Um, my handles is, is P and then my last name is Buzian, B-U-Z-Y-A-N. 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 You'll find me yeah. right there.
0: And, and, uh... Before you go then, um, and the pronunciation and the spelling of your name it's is different. The reason I'm saying this is because I know when I put the script out there or the stuff out there about the podcast, people will be thinking, they've misspelled that. So can you please explain how your name is spelled and why is it spelled that way? So people don't come to me and say, hey, Dave, what's happened at your end?
1: Yeah. What if you don't know? Dave, what's happening? Are you losing it? Yeah. Um, it's, it's spelled p-e-t-r you say it yeah. peter technically yeah. you could say it well technically it's said it's petr or Piotr, which is how you would say it Piotr. Uh, Piotr, Piotr. Yeah. but i, I go P-E-T-R. by peter and it's spelled p-e-t-r yeah. um and the reason it, it's spelled p-e-t-r even when i moved to the u.s is that the embassy uh translated not name to name but letter for letter and my my name is ah. four letters in the ukrainian language so yeah.
0: we've said we've said that we build that we've nailed it so we're all right hey listen great to have you on the show thanks for being with us today and thank to all our listeners who've been uh listening to this watching it um wherever you're watching this from we just want to say to people uh thanks for connecting into the podcast head on to the website. You can find out more resources, icon.church forward slash open. Lots of free resources there for church leaders for people to dip into. So if you want to find out more about what we're doing as well, head on over to the website. But you can find us and subscribe to us at all the major platforms. So thanks for being with us in the Church Explain podcast.